Hey guys, this is Chris Sarda, Cast and Comics. Uh, find me at Cast and Comics on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And this is—I haven't done this in a while. I've been trying to maybe do it in the video, in video on YouTube or whatever. But hey, most people can get these DC previews pretty easy, so I'm just going to continue the podcast way. Uh, this is a DC previews issue number twenty-three. It's the—it's March as I record this, but this is for. Uh, comics on sale May for May 2020. On the cover uh, is Dark Knight's Death Metal with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. So I'm gonna at least comment on every single page here. Like let's just let's just get deep into it. Even if I I just talk shit about it for a second, but uh, I want to talk about every page and uh, and just see where we get. So on the cover is the sequel to. Uh, Dark Knight Metal by uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, and the sequel is called Death Metal. I wonder how many people that uh, will read this actually listen to Death Metal, um, or they just throw up the horns, but you know, Death Metal, uh, you know, I go deep, or not that deep, but deep if uh, you're not a metal fan, like Suffocation and Devourment, like Death Metal, and uh you know, Superman looks a little bit like Jess, uh, Jackie Estacado from The Darkness here. But, uh, you know, I I know metal was was popular, but I wasn't as into it as everyone else was. So, uh, I don't even know. I When I started reading the stuff that came after metal, I, I wasn't even sure, like, how it made sense. So, if I finished it, I don't even remember finishing it. I think I have the hardcover sitting around somewhere. Anyway, the next page is the exact same thing. The epic follow-up to Dark Knight's Metal. Get ready for the encore. Scott uh, Snyder and Greg Capullo. The mayhem is imminent. That's cool, though. Uh, You know, Superman sticks out on this page. You know, just with the long hair, like the 90s Superman, the old-school Superman. Uh, on the, the page after that, there's an interview with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, they take the stage for Dark Knight's Death Metal. Some of the covers look cool. There's the long-haired Superman we were just talking about by Francisco Matina. Uh, Wonder Woman by Art Germ. It's not a, it's not the, it's not like the computerized anime schoolgirl Art Germ I'm used to. Uh, and, and then the 1 in 100 variant cover by Greg Capullo and Jonathan Glapio, and I, I imagine that he is the one that colored it. And then a, a couple black and white covers, and man, you know, the black and white covers, they try to make those, uh, uh, more variant or more expensive by making them ratio variants and whatnot, and, and I think I like them, because it's like, I can see the line work and then the inking. But I don't know about them being ratio variants. I'm not sure about that. To be honest, none of these covers are incredible. The Matina cover looks like a Matina cover, so it's good, but it's it's the same thing we're used to. And the, the, the Capullo cover to be 1 in 100 is pretty basic to me. Uh, on the next page, we got Generation 1, the march towards DC's future begins here. So you have some Wonder Woman, you have some Flash Forward. I don't know if this is uh, what this has to do with uh, with uh, that all that whatever it's called the G five stuff happening or well, I can't even remember what it's called. But Wonder Woman looks classic here. Uh, we'll have to wait to see what happens. Flash forward. We'll talk about it in a second. And uh, and, and 
Right, we'll talk about it in a second, flash forward. I'm not sure. Page after that, uh, Batman Adventures continue. So they're actually going to make a comic of this. Paul Dini is on it, which is pretty cool. And also Alan Burnett. That makes me think that Paul Dini, when you have an extra writer and then there's like a, a famous writer on there, makes me think that Paul Dini is just sort of giving the plot points or, or, or being the showrunner. Then Alan Burnett has to do the hard, the hard work. Art by Ty Templeton. So this is more exciting for the actual cartoon. The fact that it's becoming a comic is is sort of lame. I mean, the only reason Batman Adventures is even popular, the old original one, is because that's technically the first appearance of, of Harley Quinn in print, or in comic print, anyway. Green Lantern 80th Anniversary Special, 100-page super spectacular, uh, prestige format. I, I was gonna, I was guessing that this was reprints. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, bought in to the Grant Morrison Green Lantern, but what's funny is that I checked out of it for a while. But after it finished and people that stayed with it, that sort of understand Grant Morrison's weird shit, uh, really liked it. Uh, I think even Donny Cates is into it. So I had most of the issues. I checked out of it. I was just so confused waiting month to month. But if I can read five or six at a time, I'm going to stick with it. So the 80th anniversary, 100-page spectacular doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't grab me at all. But uh, some of these variant covers are pretty cool. Doug Mankey is on it, the 1960s cover. Uh, Neil Adams does the 70s cover. Of course, everyone is... Uh, I don't know, Neil. Neil gives people shit for not knowing where muscles go. But these both these Green Lanterns look pretty terrible, actually. The Neil Adams cover looks terrible on this 100-page uh, special. Uh, David Finch. Philip Tan is a very, very... Very underrated, uh, underrated uh, artist. So some some actually pretty cool variant covers. We can do some, we can look into that. Uh, Batman ninety four and Batman ninety five. So James Tinian the fourth is is trying to get you on on the exciting characters. So he's a a staple in DC. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's on a. He's on an exclusive. He's got to be because I. He's only doing. Uh, he's only doing independent work aside from this. So, uh, in his in his newsletter, he's like, oh, I got to do something crazy. There's so much Batman out there. I got to find a way to really hit the zeitgeist. And you got to you got to believe that he did with Punchline. So whether Punchline is as a piece of shit character in the end or not, uh, in the comic world, people gave a shit about Punchline. They cared about Punchline. So here we, we're getting uh, Batman uh, 94 and 95 solicited. So 94 is supposed to be the origin of Punchline. We also get a, a pretty cool cover. Who does the variant cover here? Oh, Artgerm does the first big variant cover. That is that is way nicer than what I'm used to from Artgerm. So I'm excited about that. I'll probably pick that up. And I, and I stopped reading Batman after Tom King ended. Uh, even though I like Tinian a lot, I loved his Justice League Dark. And then we go right into the Joker War for number 95, which is, uh, I would say it's a Marvel, looks like it's going to be a Marvel-style event. So it's happening in Batman, but it spills over, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Batman the Smile Killer, instead of Killer Smile. This is the Jeff Lemire book, that is, I guess, semi-Elseworlds book, who knows. Uh, this is the epilogue to Killer Smile. Now, Typically, if you gave me Batman and Jeff Lemire mixed, I would be way into it. But I actually skipped this, and it's not because Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire is a great writer. He's a guy that should be followed. Whenever he's writing, you should look into it. There's just a handful of writers like that. But 
when Tom King ended his Batman run, I, you know, I love the Tom King run, but I was tired of Batman, Batman everywhere. I was picking up all this Batman. Now, the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm reading right now is uh, Batman's Grave, and I'm just holding off. I may come back around to the, to the Jeff Lemire stuff. Uh, I may come back around to some of the other stuff, uh, the White Knight stuff I've never read, which a lot of people like. It's just so much Batman. I was over Batman. Uh, I'm going to do Batman's Grave. I'll do Batman Catwoman when it comes out, and then I'm, I'm holding back. Uh, next page is The Dreaming Waking Hours, number one. G. Willow Wilson is getting to write a, a dreaming book. I thought this was going to be an ongoing. It is not. Art is by Nick Robles. Uh, it is a, a mini-series. I am so behind on the Sandman Universe stuff. I have the vast majority of the beginning uh, of it all, and, and I just stopped reading it, and I missed issues, and I, I, my stack was too big, so I was trying to skip Sandman stuff. Um, so, you know, so many Sandman books, I should have just stuck with a couple, but when there's a, a run like the X-Men, or I'm just into it, I just want them all, and, and eventually, you know, I can't handle them all. Even though it's very clear, the big two make it very clear, the writers make it very clear. You're not supposed to necessarily buy them all. Uh, we're just trying to do something for everyone. And that's sort of what Sandman is. Some of you guys were a lot smarter. You only read Lucifer. You only read The Dreaming, etc. Uh, I was trying to handle them all, and then I couldn't stick with them all. Event Leviathan, checkmate number two. So we're revisiting Event Leviathan here. I don't know anything about that, so I'm going to skip it. Brian Michael Bendis is, seems to be writing about 40% of the books in DC. Uh, and then uh, some graphic novels for kids. Superhero Girls, if I had a girl, this would be pretty cool. The art has a Powerpuff Girls sort of style to it, but it's a female Green Lantern and Batwoman, and I don't even know who that middle chick is here. So DC Superhero Girls Weird Science Trade Paperback. Amanda Dibert, Diebert has been doing it. Man Bat number one. Gotta say, I am sort of disappointed. I thought they could take they were taking Man Bat to a different level, uh, taking Kurt Longstrom to a different level in Justice League Dark. I'm about six or seven issues behind on Justice League Dark, so I don't know uh, what happened to him or if they're just pretending he's still a character in there and mostly, you know, in his scientist mode and, and they're just pretending this is a different thing. Uh, so I'm not sure about that. But I'm sort of, I'm like done with him being the monster, uh, except for like little one-offs. Uh, I wish they would, wish they would have continued to develop him as he is in Justice League Dark. After that, we got Manhunters, the secret story spinning out the pages of Event Leviathan. I was going to say, the only thing I know about Event Leviathan is that it turned out to be Manhunter. So you got Event Leviathan, Checkmate number two, and Manhunters, The Secret History number one. This is not even by Bendis. This is my, by Mark and Draco, which is, you know, at least it's a, a little bit of a difference there for people that care. That's on uh, page 17. I really wouldn't bet on that selling very well, so hopefully they don't expect to do like 12 issues on that. Uh, the, the book I'm w really waiting for from DC is on page 18. It is Strange Adventures. This is number three. So of course written by Tom King and Mitch, uh, Gerards and Evan Doc Shaner, uh, both doing their stuff in the book. Uh, they're writing a different portion of the timeline is the way I understood it. When I listened to the word balloon podcast with, uh, Mitch Gerards, I haven't listened to Evan Shaner's yet. Uh, I can't wait for Strange Adventures. Tom King is just such a weird, offbeat writer, and, and I enjoy what he does a lot. Uh, do I get tired of it sometimes if I'm reading too much of it? Definitely. Uh, sometimes I read it too quick, and I realize i got to go back to it to enjoy it even more. Heroes in Crisis is an example of that. 
On the next page, page 19, Action Comics 1023, Brian Michael Bendis. I am not reading this, but I got to say, this John Ramada Sr. cover uh, actually looks pretty cool, and so does the uh, Lucio Perillo cover. Occasionally, I've been grabbing, <coughs> excuse me, the Lucio Perillo B covers of Action Comics and whatnot, and Superman, I guess. I'm not sure who's who, uh, because Perillo is just a really good artist. Uh, some of the... The coloring is a little bit too digital for me. I think he should maybe go on a different uh, route for coloring. I'm not sure if he's doing this stuff uh, all online. I don't feel like I see Lucio, Lucio Perillo uh, original artwork out there. So, I don't know. What, what, what matters is that the end effect looks pretty cool. Aquaman number 60, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, uh, Miguel uh, Mendoca. And cover by Robson Roca. Robson Roca, when he was doing the when the art was done by Robson Roca in Aquaman, it was awesome. It's another book I uh, I got a few issues behind on, and I might be missing issues somewhere in the middle. I know Aqua Baby's a big thing, but um, uh, I haven't gotten there yet. The uh, cover is pretty cool. It has Aquaman running off what I assume is the baby. The Tyler Kirkham uh, variant looks just okay. So here's what I was talking about, the Joker War being sort of a Marvel-style uh, crossover. So in Batgirl number 47, we got a Joker War tie-in issue. Uh, I, it's one of those things I wouldn't buy. I actually get annoyed by tie-in issues, and everyone says, hey, just don't read them or whatever. The, the creators say that. But I think Hickman proved that tie-ins sort of suck. Um, there was so much tie-in and... And, and things that related to the main book in War of the Realms and even Absolute Carnage that it really bogged down the book and, and really took away from two people I know to be great writers, which is Donnie Cates and Jason Aaron. And you really saw uh, what they were trying to do in their both their final issues, in my opinion, uh, because that's when they... That's when there was no tie-ins to worry about and no linking and all that bullshit. It, those were just great issues, in my opinion, those final issues. And the, and the tie-ins just really bog stuff down. I expect the same thing with the Joker War. Batman and the Outsiders, number 13. I stopped reading this even though I'm a big uh, uh, Brian Hill fan. Uh, uh, Gleb Milinkov is a artist I'm unfamiliar with, but Tyler Kirkham with the cover uh, looks beautiful, as does Michael Golden's cover. And, you know, Batman and the team is pretty cool, uh, you know, separate from the Bat family. I'm doing quotes here. Batman Beyond number 44, Dan Juergen's right against legit. I, I don't know anything about Batman Beyond. I never watched the cartoon, so I never got way into it. Um, I mean, I just felt like I've just mentioned Bat something 30 times already, and I'm only on page 24. And there we go, Batman's Grave number 7, the only Batman book I am uh, I am actively buying, this is by Warren Ellis, one of my favorite writers ever, art by Brian Hinch, Hitch, and interesting, Kevin Nolan is in here, I wonder if Brian Hitch just got behind, it seems like he's been doing a lot of covers, uh, when Batman's Grave 7 comes out, I will take a close look at that, because, uh, Brian Hitch's art is, was, uh, so was really the focus here, it's even, his art is better than Warren Ellis's writing, in my opinion, although Warren Ellis is probably choreographing a lot of those fight scenes and whatnot, but uh, I'd like to take a look and see, and even see if Kevin Nolan here is uh, credited in the Batman's Grave issues I don't have. On the next page is Batman's Secret Files number three. Uh, these have been good, uh, but they're essentially what they 
they feel like are annuals. So, I mean, you got a bunch of good writers on it, but it's going to be a bunch of short stories too. So it's hard to say whether those be, be good. So Tinian, uh, Vida Ayala, Mariko Tamaki, Dan Waters, and Philip Kennedy Johnson. And uh, Riley Rosmo, Victor Abanez, John Paulione. So no huge artists. It's a good place for them to, to, to test. Batman Superman number 10. I'm surprised this is still going. Uh, Devastation in Gotham City. So what's interesting is I thought Batman, Batman Superman was supposed to be uh, all about um, the Batman who laughs stuff. But I guess that was just the beginning, and this one's even crossing over to what Bendis was doing with uh, Superman revealing his identity. So, uh, at least it's mixing. I mean, Batman and Superman together is definitely something people want. Uh, it's an obvious thing to do, even though I'm not buying it. And Joshua Williamson, even though I'm not incredibly familiar with his writing, the stuff I've read of his has actually been well-plotted and, and very good. Catwoman number 23. I can't believe we've gotten this far in Catwoman since issue 50. Has it been 23 weeks since issue 50 of Batman where... I guess it has, because Batman's already at eighty nine ninety, right? So, geez. Jeez Louise. Um, it was uh, Joel Jones on it, who who was doing pretty good. I, I did cut it, though, eventually. Detective Comics number 1023 is another Joker War tie-in issue. They've uh, roped uh, Peter Tomasi into doing that. Uh, Lee Bermejo is the cardstock variant, and that is actually a beautiful variant cover. Um, it might even be worth a cover buy, but we'll see how I feel about that. Flash number 755, I think it should also be right around Flash number 89, if it stayed in its old, if they didn't want to sell you a issue 750. Uh, Joshua Williamson, who I just mentioned, you know, the only Flash I read is when it crossed over with Batman in the middle of the, the Nightmare Epic, and uh, I liked it, but um, I just... I mean, I guess I, I just didn't want another DC character to pull in with it, I, so I stayed away from it. So, same with Flash 756, it's also coming out in May, and that was on uh, page 30, Genlock number 7. If I were to read Genlock uh, by Colin Kelly and uh, Jackson Lansing, Lansing, I would probably do it on Comixology digitally. I think they're like a dollar on Comixology. I'm not dying to get this stuff, but what I do like about Gen Lock is that it, it's a different feel for a DC book. Uh, I flipped through the first issue. I just didn't, you know, do anything else with it, but uh, I do like the idea. I guess effectively I don't because I didn't buy it. Uh, next up is Green Lantern Season 2. This is the Grant Morrison stuff. I'm way behind on this. This issue is going to guest star The Flash. Uh, I, I'm so behind on this, I didn't even want to almost mention it, but it's uh, Grant Morrison picking up on it. I'm surprised they would even put Season 2 they might as well just uh, say that it's a, a new volume. Harley Quinn number 73 by Sam Humphreys, who feels like he's been writing this for a while. I've never read this Harley Quinn ongoing series, but I did really like the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey uh, number one black label book, which I reviewed on the YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know much else about it. I don't know what they get Harley Quinn into. Um, so I got to leave that one alone. Hawkman number 24. Uh, Brian Hitch was drawing this for a while, I think, and someone and uh, someone I follow, I can't remember who, 
Uh, really like the first 12 issues of Hawkman. And obviously, we're if it's Hawkman 24, we're moving on from that. But I've uh, kept it in my head that maybe I'm going to go and check out the trade, the first two trades for Hawkman and, and see what's up there. Justice League Dark, number 23, Ram V or Ram 5. And James Tinian is still on it. Um, I don't think he's actually writing it. Like I said, I was a little bit behind on this. I do not see Man Bad on this cover anymore, which uh, saddens me to uh, an endless degree. But it looks like uh, Dr. Fate is now part of the team. Um, it's almost, to me, it's almost a, hey, a spoiler to say to even look at these covers, right? Because I'm like the, all those issues behind. Justice League 46 and 47, Robert Vendetti writing these. Um, it's a mainstay. I don't read it. I've just heard so much so many mixed things about it. I will say that the cover for 47 looks awesome by Gary Frank with a bunch of uh, dragons on it. Next up, we're on page 38. Are you on page 38? Justice League Odyssey number 21. I gotta admit, I don't know what the hell Odyssey is. I collect dark. I didn't know what Odyssey was. I always see it on there. Dan Abnett is a is a great writer. He's one of those underrated guys that just churns stuff out. I would have said that about James T- uh, Tynan too, but uh, he seems to be have been discovered and people saying his name, uh, especially with his like boom comic, uh, Who's Killing the Children. Legion of Superheroes number seven. I have the first three. I've not read one of them. Uh, I didn't like the sort of the two issue intro. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, I wanted to give Bendis a chance. And I also, in his DC stuff, which I haven't read very much of, uh, I, I also had a good friend that's a huge Legion of Superheroes guy in high school, and I read a big chunk of, of that old campy Legion. So I started collecting it. I just never read it. Uh, I never picked it up. So uh, I'm going to end up probably skipping this. And, I mean, if I ever read the first few issues, maybe I'll, I'll grab them as back issues. Lois Lane number 11, I don't touch it. But uh, Greg, Greg Rucker writing is a big deal. And Joel Jones did the variant cover, which is very cool. Looney Tunes number 255. I don't seem to remember the first 254. Uh, but they are, they are, uh, looks like what they're doing is reviving it, which is, which is cool, but not something I would really buy. What I do like about it is the 299 price tag. But, you know, 299 even though it's a lot cheaper than 399 like most of the books for us older people that still buy books, still buy the comic books... Uh, $2.99 still feels like it might be a little bit too expensive for a, a kid that just might walk by it. Metal Man number eight, that is significant for the simple fact that Dan Didio is writing it, or uh, Didio, or however you pronounce his name, and he just recently left DC as co-publisher. So uh, uh, this implies, if, it's, if he's still writing it, still coming out, or if it's just going to abruptly end, this implies that he perhaps left under, under good terms, uh, all I've heard is rumors and people talking about it, so I don't even want to say anything until uh, the truth comes out. But uh, Metal Man number eight, it's gotten deep into it. Uh, that's pretty cool. Before I ever read this Metal Man, I would probably go and read Tom King's uh, Nightwing 72. It does not say this is a Joker War tie-in, but the simple fact that Punchline is in it uh, makes it feel like a tie-in. And uh, Dick Grayson, I guess he might be back. Uh, Rick Grayson is the punchline, so maybe not. I remember when I started reading Nightwing uh, after around 50, where their whole Rick Grayson storyline came in, I was really excited about it, and I thought it was just going to be there for a, an arc. 
And then I was like, man, if they really stick with this, I'm going to really like it. I'm going to, I'm going to love it. I'm going to keep reading it because it is just such a, it is just such a departure. And then I just, I stopped reading it. And so now they're on 72. So I'm way, way behind. I probably collected it through 60, 61 or something. So, uh, maybe a little disappointed I did that, especially that so much of my DC has sort of faded away. Um, I did wish, I do wish I was buying more DC, but I'm also trying to like convert to, to trade buying, uh, trade waiting and talking about that stuff, but we'll see how that goes. Red Hood Outlaw number 46, Scott Labdell's writing that. I heard he's a douche, so I wouldn't even talk about it because I don't care about Red Hood. Uh, Shazam 13, Jeff Johns. What are you going to do with Shazam? You got to, you got to, let's describe this, uh, let's describe this cover here. We have Shazam on the floor, a bunch of characters I don't know, and a evil superhero. So what the solicit says is the greatest kid superhero ever faces the worst teen supervillain. As Billy Batson and the Shazam family confront... Oh, that's Superboy Prime. Superboy Prime looks like an adult now. Uh, he has the powers of Superman and none of his heroic morality. Can even Shazam stop the most powerful threat he and his family has ever, ever encountered? Uh, I've heard good things about the people that read Shazam. Suicide Squad number six, they restarted it. If I were to read Suicide Squad, it would be specifically because Tom Taylor is writing it. Who's a, he's a very good writer. The Jeremy, J- the Jeremy Roberts variant cover also looks pretty cool. And, uh, and it's certainly smart. Six issues in, the squad versus Batman. That is probably a good move, I will say. But, uh, you know, who's counting? Supergirl, written by Jody Hauser. Don't know much about it. I was going to say that variant cover looks uh, a lot like an Art Germ cover, but it's a Derek Chu cover. Superman number 23, Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Entertainment Weekly Superhero of the Year of 2019. Superman. That seems a little weak, to be honest. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. This is another book where if I were to read it, it would be because of the writer. Matt Fraction writing that. Tom Taylor writing Suicide Squad. And uh, Lois Lane had a great writer writing that too. Who was that again? Uh, Greg Rucka. Uh, But otherwise, I've skipped it. The people on one of the podcasts I read really like it. uh, But I'm good. Uh, Teen Titans number 42, Robbie Thompson writing that. I have no idea what's going on in this. I haven't heard anything about it. I can see Reverse Flash, but uh, we're just going to move on from that. The Terrifics number 28. I think they started taking out the... Uh, the Terrifics always had that new uh, new DC Universe or whatever it was, the thing that Silencer was, etc. But it looks like the Terrifics the only thing that's going strong or continuing from that. Uh, I picked up a bunch of those in the dollar bin. I really like Silencer. Uh, I liked um, a couple of the other ones that came out. They're all slipped in my mind. I'm sort of disappointed that those didn't build up uh, better. Wonder Woman 757, 758. Uh, Steve Orlando looks like he has moved on to Wonder Woman from his 12-issue Mar- Martian Manhunter run. Uh, guest starring, number 758, is guest starring The Phantom Stranger. I've become a fan of his uh, over the last couple months because I've been grabbing up what is uh, at least close to, uh, wow, I can't remember his name, the creator of Hellboy, uh, what is at least close to his uh, first comic work is uh, is in Phantom Stranger. So I've been I, I've been a, become a little bit of a Phantom, Phantom Stranger fan. Uh, Jeff DeCall has do, is doing the uh, 
uh, the variant, the B cover on that. And I, Jeff DeCall is one of my, DeCall is one of my favorite artists. This is not my favorite looking picture though. So that's fine though. I might still get that just cause I collect, uh, everything from Jeff DeCall. I, I really enjoy it. I don't collect everything, but I look at it. Young Justice number 60, number 16, uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis is on it. This is from Wonder Comics. Uh, I, I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, ever since I've heard all the good stuff about Mark Russell doing Wonder Twins, uh, Mark Russell is this incredible writer. Everyone should go read all the Snagglepuss stuff and all the, um, uh, I need to read the Flintstones and Second Coming and stuff. But, you know, Wonder Twins is always sort of lame. And now just people told me he just did a great job with it. And, uh, and it just reminded me for Young Justice. I don't really have any ties or interest in Young Justice. Now we're jumping up to some of the Hill House stuff. I know people have really enjoyed a couple of these. Um, ironically, not the ones that are solicited here. So I guess some of uh, Joe Hill's uh, stuff is already ending. or already gotten through six. So Daphne Byrne is one. The Lolo Woods. I'm not sen- I've not heard anyone say they like the Lolo Woods. And the Plunge I almost picked up. But the Hill House stuff has been, uh, you know, I think it's been received pretty well. But I think it's, it was stuff that I was going to either decide gonna decide what I wanted to read once it got to trade. So I'm going to definitely read Dollhouse. I'm going to definitely read, what is it, House Full of Heads. But we'll, we'll see what we do from there. Uh, more Sandman Universe, House of Whispers, and House of Magic. This goes right along with the Dreaming, which, I mean, I guess it got canceled because there's the short Dreaming. This is all in uh, alphabetical order. So the Dreaming... The one by G. 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 Willow Wilson is the only one on here. So clearly, it uh, the regular one got uh, canceled. I wonder if we're going to get the same with Books of Magic and House of Whispers. Because there's no way those could have been settling better than the Dreaming. Then, of course, we have John Constantine right after that. Uh, the Last God. I got four issues. I am hoping that I'm not so stupid. I, I enjoyed its epicness so much. I didn't want to read it month to month. Um, especially if the stories were so connecting, I was like, ah, this is something I want to read as a whole. And, um, I really shouldn't do that because I get behind, I keep, I say it like almost every week or every time I talk about just League dark that I'm behind on it and middle West. So is the same thing happening with last God? I have been buying them. Number seven is coming out in May. Uh, I think I have one through five and I've read like number one and two. Next page, we got Lucifer number 20, The Devil Goes to Hell by Dan Dan Waters, Max uh, Fuimara writing it. You know, this is a, a situation where I'm just bought into the world because I actually don't know the, those that creative team there. But uh, Lucifer was pretty cool. I think I'm missing number one. So I read like number two through four and then, and then you know, was buying them. I maybe didn't get five till later or something like that and, and didn't read anything. After that, we have the facsimiles. DC is following suit with uh, Marvel doing facsimiles. So Green Lantern, uh, number 76, facsimile edition. Uh, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, so it's a classic. It's actually, it looks like Green Lantern, Green Arrow. So one of those books, I think they recently did a facsimile. Man Bat facsimile, probably to try to sell that other crappy comic they're doing. And Wonder Woman, number one, 1987. Uh, that's a very iconic cover. And then I'm probably going to scoop up all these DC uh, dollar covers. So Dark Knight's Metal, Green Lantern number 29. I wonder why that's relevant. Uh, normally they put out those dollar comics when they, they matter to something else that's happening. So obviously Death Metal's coming up. So they'll do Dark Knight's Metal number one. 
uh, Manhunter works because of the event Leviathan stuff. And Batman Adventures number one works because... Yeah, so I wonder what the point of Green Lantern 29 is. Um, but nonetheless, it's a dollar. Let's pick it up. Stars and Stripe number one. I have no idea why that would be around. Wonder Woman 212. Its significance is... Uh, the Justice League tests Wonder Woman to see if she is worthy to be one of the world's greatest heroes. Learn more in this key issue from writer Greg Rucka's run on Wonder Woman. Um, Greg Rucka's run is a Wonder Woman I want to read. And uh, uh, I've just heard too much good and one guy on Twitter just really tearing it apart of Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman. So I will be getting on that eventually. And number four, Wonder Woman number 14 from 2005 by Gail Simone. And number 206, also Greg Rucka. So uh, all those dollar comics, that should be fun. Uh, I really was considering on page 67 getting these. I've already read the first and maybe the second trade, at least the first trade of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. But to get the hard covers, and they may even be oversized. Yeah, they look like they're over... That looks oversized. I'm looking at the dimensions. For whatever reason, the comic book, regular size, skipping is... Uh, I'm losing it. But uh, they're 100 bucks each, and there's volume 1 and 2. So that's significant, man. And they're both uh, just under... Well, one's just under 450, and one's just under 425. 100 uh, pages. You know, and to tell you the truth, the art was as good as, like, Alan Moore is. It's well, Number one, it's early Alan Moore, so it's really not... He really hadn't hit his stride yet, in my opinion. And the art was, like, not, not that great in there, to be honest. Aquaman Volume 2, Amnesty. This is about when I, I stopped reading it, even though I kept buying it. So I wouldn't get this trade, but I definitely have the Aquaman stuff uh, sitting in a box. But I've already said that with Justice League Dark. I've already said that with Middle West. And hopefully I didn't make the same mistake with Last God. I guess I just got to stop buying new stuff. Uh, Aquaman 3, Mana vs. Machine is also coming. Uh, I'm, I'm actually sort of excited to read those now because that first Aquaman arc that Kelly Sue DuConnick uh, wrote was after the Drowned Earth series and uh, Arthur or Aquaman or whatever was on some like interdimensional island or some shit like that and uh, without his memory. So it was like sort of a weird Aquaman story even though it was really awesome. So getting him back in the Aquaman world, which I'm not as familiar with, uh, it would probably be best for me. Uh, or it was probably something I was interested in Kelly Sue DeConnick doing, and then I sort of just trailed off as far as reading it. So uh, I'll be able to do that with Volume 2, which I know I own all the issues, and I, I think I own most of the issues of Volume 3, but I, I have to go and look. Batgirl Volume 7, Oracle Rising, I don't know shit about that. Batman Adventures Batgirl League of Her Own, Paul Dini on that one. Uh, I looked into this the uh, on page 70, Batman by Grant Morrison, Volume 3. Now, Volume 1 is on Amazon for like 40 bucks, and the the price here is 75 On Amazon, it's like 50 That's about what it would be if you pre-ordered it through your comic store or Diamond or whatever, or however you did it. Uh, but I'd really like to read Grant Morrison's run on Batman. I've not read even a, an issue. I don't even know what he really did in it. So I think that that would be pretty cool. Uh, a bunch of other Batman that you just expect on any uh, DC previews. Things like Legends of the Dark Knight, Matt, Matt Wagner writing it. Batman Arkham Asylum. Anything with Arkham Asylum is awesome. Uh, that is by Grant Morrison. So I don't know if you, you get any of that of Batman by Grant Morrison on the Omnibus. In the Omnibuy, I should say. Batman Detective Comments Volume 2, uh, Arkham Knight. So this is Tomasi's run. Uh, after De Detective Comics 1000, 
Um, I stopped reading around like 1004. I, I was excited about Arkham Knight, then I got a little bit bored. And then a, a couple issues later, I saw the Spectre. I bought those. I never read them. Some people love this Tomasi run, though, so um, you should listen to them. I haven't read enough of it to really have an opinion on it. Catwoman, Volume 3. This is the Joel Jones stuff. Uh, I, I liked it. I was just trying to save money, so that's why I cut it originally. I don't think I got to uh, Volumes 3 worth of a trade. Uh, and then a bunch of other stuff. Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child. So I don't I don't remember anyone really saying that was that good by Frank Miller. It's just more Batman. Dal H for Hero. And uh, uh, I was going to say we're getting out of the books now, but DC Poster Portfolio for Deceased and Matina. Um, Flash Volume 11, Joshua Williams, Williamson. We've already talked about that. That's 11 and 12 coming out. So what I've read was good when it crossed over with Batman. Uh, after that, uh, and probably the last thing we'll talk about here, or one of the last things, is Flash Forward. The Flash Forward trade paperback comes out. That's by Scott Lobdell. What sort of, what was sort of, a, and I didn't read it, but what was almost grabbed me is that it sort of spun out, or did spin out, of what happened in Heroes in Crisis that a lot of people hated that they did with with Wally West. But I think it was uh, a worthy thing to do, just changing characters, making sure characters are always uh, developing or evolving, devolving, however you want to look at it. And uh, Flash Forward comes from that. I just think it's a little bit weird because Tom King just feels like he's in his own bubble. For someone to spin out of a Tom King story is sort of interesting. Uh, So I I sort of thinking about reading it and then I didn't. You know, I was like, well, Josh, I like Joshua Williamson. I've, I've resisted buying the regular Flash book. I'm going to buy Flash Forward now. I probably should have because it is, you know, it was a limited series. Um, I didn't mention Flash Forward at all in this book, and that's because it, it was, uh, you know, it's done. It was just limited. Uh, then there's a couple other things before we get to the statues. So uh, Harley Quinn's new 52 box set, uh, that Green Lantern book we talked about, uh, Hawkman that we talked about. So we're just right into the trades and I'm going to wind this guy down because I don't see any trades that really stick out that I would want to talk about. Um, Oh, except this uh, Sandman Deluxe Edition Book 1 hardcover. There is so much Sandman. This is the original Sandman when Neil Gaiman first started writing it in the, I don't know if it was the late 80s, I think the early 90s when Vertigo came around. And there's just so much available in like... I don't want, I want to say prestige editions. Um, there's an absolute edition. There's an omnibus edition. And now there's this a deluxe edition. If I can get this cheap, I'll get the deluxe edition. This is, uh, you're going to get one through 16 and uh, the Midnight Theater, Sandman Midnight Theater. Um, I wish I could just hold them in my hands and look at them both or look at them, all, all three of them, you know, because the, the absolute edition has the first 37 issues, but is it readable? Is the binding nice? If you're going to spend that much money, you really want to see that, you know? So, uh, very cool that they're technically reprinting that. At whatever I do with Sandman, from here on out, it's going to be buying it in hardcovers, I think. So, um, and then last but not least, the goddamn Hell Arisen book that I didn't get from my comic shop this week. Um, even though he said he was going to put it in there, so then I just canceled all my subscriptions. I was so annoyed, because I was actually reading Hell Arisen. I'd rather not, pun- I'd rather the punchline not have been in issue three, so I could have just read it. Now I have to like juggle whether I want to buy the trade or or get a second print, which I'm not a collector guy. I shouldn't care about second prints, but if it's just dumb for me to pay the same price when I know the other one's better for some reason, even though I'm a reader, right? 
So I was thinking maybe I'd just wait for this trade paperback and try to sell the first two Hellarisons because whoever has that punchline book, maybe they want number one and two. No one was reading or caring about Hellarisen before the stupid punchline stuff, you know. And uh, and you're the villain. I guess it, from reading the first two issues of, of Hellarisen, because it involves uh, uh, it involves Luke or not Luke, it involves Lex Luthor. Uh, it sort of got me interested in what was going on in Year of the Villain, you know, a loosely connected summer and winter storyline. Uh, so the Infected, which is right below it, the trade paperback, I might look into that too. So, hey, we're going to wind down here because uh, the rest of the stuff is statues. There's some pretty cool stuff. But uh, that is the DC previews for um, uh, that came out. It actually came out in February, but the, you know, the cover says March 2020. For comics that are going on sale in May... 2020. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Chris Sarda. You can find me at Casting Comics on Instagram and Twitter. And let me know what you think. Uh, Twitter is the easiest place to just, you know, talk because it's short messages and whatnot. But you'll find me on Instagram and YouTube also. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening.